Ladies and gentlemen, um, since Brand has given me uh, permission to um, to announce this real quick, um, uh, Eric Lima will not be on here for quite some time, as he has done a live stream about this. The he will not be part of R and R uh, for quite some time. We uh, we talked yesterday, and we completely respect his decision. I mean, uh, hopefully he'll be back soon in the later point in the future. And another thing too, um, uh, during the uh, Hell in a Cell live reactions um, this past Sunday, I reacted to a post that was made both by Mike Wilson and Jerome Latimer. And before that, I was informed by Ben Wellner on Messenger that to look at these posts. And unfortunately, I just was as it was announced on uh, Bofas, I, I have to unfortunately announce that Veronica Brewer um, has passed away at the age of 22. Um, he, she was a good friend of Mike Wilson's and uh, Pamela's uh, Pamela, Snow White uh, Queen. Snow White. Um, uh, our, we send our um, heartfelt condolences to the friends and family of Veronica Brewer. Um, I only got to know her for a brief period of time, like for the better minute, four weeks. Um, I just wish that it didn't have to be like that. I, but at the end of the day, 22 is too young in everybody's view, including mine to go at that kind of age. So with that all being said, uh, Veronica Brewer, uh, this is for you, the 10 bell salute to pay tribute to you and, also to a loved one's loss that we have had to go through this year. And yeah. Uh, Brandon, are you going to do the 10 bell salute thing? I was just going to do the uh, moment of silence, you know, no 10 bell salute. I'll just count it in my head. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. No, you're good. All right. Thank you. And now we start with our today's episode. Alrighty, thank you, Mr. Alex Perez, for the great introduction, as always, for each and every episode. Well, good evening, everyone. We welcome you to episode 89 of the Rants and Rave podcast. Glad to have you here, as always. And as usual, I am the co-founder, the co-creator, the producer, and one of the four main hosts of the show, which is Brendan Martin. Next to me, as always, is day number one. The other co-founder, the other co-creator, and the second of four main hosts of the show, our good friend J-Man's legit Jordan Little. It's great to be here on this uh, beautiful, wonderful Thursday night on uh, 
it's June 22nd, 2021. It's an emotional start, but the show must go on. Indeed it is. And also with us at this time, we have the other co-host of the show, which is Michael Bombardier. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. And, and um, like Jordan said, an emotional start to the show, but regardless, we have a great show lineup for you. Indeed. And this time, filling in for Eric, till further notice, we got the, the he is the co-host of the Bumbling Bozos. We welcome uh, Ibarbro Studios, Uriel Ibarra. Hi, ho, Ibarbro Studios here. Um, Uriel, I know, uh, I, you want to, do you have some, uh, things to say regarding to what happened this past Sunday when we heard about this news before we get underway? Yeah. So, I mean, the last, I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody knows that last Sunday was uh, Father's Day and I had a pretty decent day. You know, I spent time with my dad. I helped him out with, um, you know, doing some, um, doing some barbecues. And I was, and then I decided to go to and then went once I went to the bathroom, I got this message from Ben. And, and then I got a message from Mike. And then they told and then the message is that uh, Veronica passed. And I was shocked in dismay. Literally I literally cried during the sink. Because I could not believe in what on what I just heard. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I got a message from Ben, but the thing is, I mean, and Romy's in the chat right now. What's sick, and he said, what's sick of me is I literally spoke to her late night before she passed. And I, I mean, I don't, that's really saddening right there. I mean, I talked to her like last week. You were there when I was texting with her. Yeah. I just, you know, that's just, that just, that's, that is mind blowing. But I do know um, she was very respectable. She was very well, you know, she ver she cared about her friends so much. And hopefully, you know, I hope Mike doesn't have to go through any more than he has to, especially Pamela and mm -hmm. anyone of their friends, because this is, dude, this is a worst year for them. I mean, like, it has not been easy for them for, for whatever oh. reason. And I, and I hate that for them. So... Special shout-outs to um, Pamela, uh, Snow White Queen, and um, to Mike Wilson, uh, Mixed Psychopath, the legend. Um, hopefully, I hope to God things get better for them. But, as always, the show must go on. Yeah. Because um, I, I'm pretty sure most people may have felt like like bummed out and sad about this, but for me, I I literally was crying because throughout the throughout the throughout the majority of the year, I was starting to get to know her, and we were we were becoming great friends, and we've been really getting along really well. And I was hoping that she she will have a uh, longer life, but guess I spoke too soon. Yeah, yeah. But we gotta do what we gotta do. I mean, we got to, uh, like amongst other things, we got to move on. I mean, we got to do what we got to do and what comes naturally. Am I right? You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what do we got in, in store for tonight? Hopefully later tonight, Brennan. Yep. Uh, originally, we were going to start the interview off 
with the uh, competitor from American Ninja Warrior and also a rap artist as well of Black Jewels, uh, Julius Ferguson, but it got pushed back to uh, later on at uh, 7 p.m. Uh, my time, of course, 10 p.m. Eastern for that, for the interview later on tonight. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. But since we have some time on our hands, we can do some Q&A for a bit till we hit the 30-minute mark. Yeah. That's good. Um, however, um, the questions within the live chat are going to have to be limited to like whatever is brought up because we cannot talk about anything that has transpired as of recently. Nothing of the sort. We got to do what we uh, mean. I mean, like some questions can be, you know, answered that that are good, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I imagine we're interested in what the people are. I got to get but there. I have to agree with Jerome here. Like guardian, guardianation, like, Oh, your oh your last year graduation. 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 I think someone needs some uh, grammarly. <laughs> I was gonna say that. Hey, I actually got the premium of grammarly, and <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> thankfully my uh, colleague they gave me the the premium, but it's for free. Why is Romy boy a banana head? Well, you are a head. But not the one I'm talking about. Seth, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this right now. Um, you're welcome with the with the picture that I send you. Speaking of bananas, chunky monkey banana cream. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Oh yeah, thanks, Mike. That's a hey, that's pretty good. There you go. And, and a drum set to you, uh, just like you, Jordan, you need <gasps> David speak. I would pull Lucas and say that's not true, but I'm going to let it slide because I'm in a good mood tonight. There's no way he can kill my mood tonight. <laughs> Banana cream. I was already making a, a bunch of Lucas shows last, last night. That's so. not troll. That's not troll. <laughs> Up spoke too soon, I guess. Speaking of of, of that, uh, I kind of uh, Romy sent me something about a recent. Uh, it was like a painting game episode that happened years ago, and he was really busting Lucas's balls to a point where, like he, it's yeah. like you couldn't he couldn't say anything. Man, yeah. Oh, oh, now my, oh my, now my, looks like Jerome's hitting on my mom. Madam Little. I, I, Forgive I, us. I always, I always knew she, he was into milfs, but really, she's a married woman, Romy. You home. Well, runner. I mean, hey, look on the bright side. At least, you, at least you can get. At least you're not related to Romy. Ooh. Well, then again, I'm glad I'm not because even though he's, even though he's shooting blanks, still he does. He wouldn't have any bullets in the chamber to reproduce anyway. Well, I mean, well, I mean, he can adopt you. I mean that. There's an idea. Well, <laughs> well, as soon as you bring that up, uh, I remember episode 29, like saying, if you, if I was his son, I adopt you. <laughs> actually, you Old know what? I, I actually, I think that's a compliment. It's one of sure. those, episode 75 or 80. 
Oh man. Great episode. Hi Gear Oh Lucas with the whole Hi Gear Bear! Hi Gear Bear! Yeah! (laughs) I would do my impression of Gary, but we got um a couple people that um uh well I would I would do my Gary impression, but I decided not to because well I gotta respect our guests, so Oh oh well here's the thing, like um Wanaco Honey Buns And Humphrey Bogart. Oh. God, I, 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 that stuff, that stuff still this day is cool. That ain't true. That ain't true. Mike. No, it's, that's not true. That's, that's not, not true. true. <laughs> my, my, my favorite episode of Pine? Whoa. Mavis, Mavis Beacon, you're showing your age, bruh. <laughs> Wait a minute. What's this? I think, I think he's showcasing the one episode from. Yes, it was episode seventy-five. It was episode seventy-five when he did that. Oh. Oh yeah, there it is. I remember. I I, I can remember it because uh, Lucas had that weird-looking uh, haircut. I don't know what it was. Oh. <laughs> Shane Jordan was already um, uh, using that very well done um, artwork type of um, uh, drawing. Of, of himself, like as if he were a cartoon character, and Romy still had that old Doom guy photo that Gary made. From oh, yeah. Ago. Yeah, it's, I yeah, remember that. It's not like the one he's using now, but this one... Different? Yeah, but the one he used back then was different. That's... Oh. It was episode 75, Jerome. I remember it because it was the one where, you know, yeah, when you were like, that's not true, that's not true, and you were like all over him. Hold on. If I were to say what is friends aren't are in the background. Hey, that's good. Oh, that's good. I would love for you yeah, guys to would... do group hmm? clips. Oh, oh yeah. That'd be I mean that'd oh. be good a- after the show, but you know. Well, if I were to say what is my favorite um painting game episode, there is a there is one that I really do enjoy, and it's basically like Romeo has been just busting look at his chat for so so many times. Basically Romeo decided to Make a drinking game on the amount of times Romy busts, Romy just roasting uh, Lucas. And there is one, and then there is this one part where pre- pretty much a Chano, like, he was unresponsive, and then Romy's like, oh no, Chano! And then a few minutes later, Chano comes back and he's like, <laughs> and then, and then Romy's like, oh! I was like, um, good point, yeah. But the that- best, oh yeah, well, regards to entertainment, I mean, like, but, in regards, but we're talking about regards to our favorites. Yeah, like the one I was just talking about. That's I, a freaking I, underrated one. I'm actually not gonna lie. Episode 88 is very much one of the greatest episodes of Pain and Gain's, you know, uh, lifespan. Oh yeah, Which, it's a shame uh, that it's a shame it didn't hit 100 episodes. I would, I mean, I wish it did. Yeah, but keep in mind. Um, during that time, um, Flex was a little bit more successful than uh, Painting Game, and there's been so many like um, there's like so many things like behind the scenes that's like kind of went, like crumbling down, and it's te- well, it technically did. Well, yeah, yeah, well, kind of did. Technically, technically. Well, well, I mean, I don't I mean well, I don't didn't see it, but okay. I mean, you're gonna have I mean like, but still. I didn't know both shows were on at the time, like with Lucas and Gary doing their own shows. Well, yeah, 
Yeah, I remember, because I remember when uh, Flex just started, Romy and Gary decided, like, you know what, might as well make it, like, a spinoff on, on Pain Again, like, since that show was mostly about, like, talking about, like, movies, well, Pain Again was, like, was pretty much like a variety show, like. And that's kind of like what both of us is today, you know? Yeah. You know? Like, r and can also be considered a wrestling podcast, but it's also considered a variety show in and of itself. I mean... My show as well. I mean, my show as well. Little shameless plug. I, mean, I, I, mean, I can't. I mean, I'm not gonna brag that we're that's the that our show is the greatest because after all, I mean, like when me and Brandon first started this, we weren't aiming to be the best or the greatest. We were just wanting to have fun, you know. Same here. Yeah, I'm pretty much. I mean, I just pretty much wanted to just like hang out with my friends, but do it live. I never, invest, I never wanted like my show to be like the greatest thing ever. Exactly. Just want to have fun. Want to have fun, you know. Um, bring out some a little bit more, you know, um, recognition than just me being on the comments. And pretty much like, pretty much like after like five, you no, know, six years of just being in the chat, I felt like it was time for me, you know, to break out my comfort zone and just be on camera for once. Andrew, I'm just okay. said my show isn't the greatest either. I'm just done. <laughs> Hey, well, you know what? At least you're being honest, Romy. Yeah, nobody's honest with themselves anymore, so. I mean, hey, look at me. I always say I have a Muppet fetish. Well, now, with your shirt, you look like you got a Bumblebee fetish. No. Or, no, 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 no. Or, or Charlie Brown I fetish. Charlie Brown. Me. I was going to. I just said that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do look like Charlie Brown. Good grief. Except I need to be bald, so... Well, well, the, the thing is, Romy's your best person to be uh, Charlie Brown, only if he was, uh, you know, muscular and, you know, lo didn't look like as if he were taking roids, but that's a different story for another time. Like, so, uh, so I guess I'll be the freaking bird. <laughs> if, if, if you, you know what we call that if Jerome did take, you know, um, uh, pills to, you know, be bulked up as he is you know what we call that we call that he's been on the juice <laughs> excuse me on the, the ju juice on the juice yeah you you don't know what oh my god oh my god I see. it's an old it's an old joke oh i know it's, wait it's an oldie but goodie lucas to be linus oh my god <laughs> you mean lucas should be you mean Lucas is lying? Well, actually, you know, actually, you know what? He actually looks like the type that could put his thumb in his mouth and have a blue blanket around him. <laughs> <laughs> Orange juice. Oh, that's a good. Um, but yeah, uh, I might have some topics to go over uh, regarding the updates to my channel of what I have planned for the future. I'm not going to go into like in depth detail, but I'm just going to, you know, like just going to give out what I can without being too open. You know what I mean? <laughs> what? 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 Look at you. Look at be wearing a pink blanket. Well, oh, well, you know what? That'd be good because he'd be representing, you know, his favorite month, uh, you know, breast cancer awareness. And because he always has to have those, have his own yeah, deal. Remember? remember? He's got, he's got, he's got his own boobies. Remember? Sure. By the way, happy prime month. So, I mean, I don't Gosh, know why, but all, all, all due respect, I mean, like, I, I, I'm, yeah. I mean, like, uh, breast cancer awareness month. I, 
I think that's pretty cool, you know, for October. You know why? Yeah. Because you get to wear pink, you know, whenever you want. Yeah, and uh, I actually do remember I, I had a uh, a math teacher on middle you'd school. On the, you could be on the cover of Chugs. <laughs> huh, hang on, let me see what what is Chugs. Let's see. And by the way, hold on. Ben said juice, something Jordan drinks at, at the strip club. Well, that would be true if only there was a strip club in my area, but there's not. Okay, um, you learned something new every day. I have to compare to Charlie Brown Ghost from a from a ghost story. Actually, you know what? <laughs> oh my gosh. I just a remembered something story. about Charlie Brown Brown, his his ghost costume on the Halloween special. The, he had so many holes, you know, like like all over his costume. And, and, oh my god. I got a rock. I got a rock. And then and then there's the whole I mean I mean, there's nothing about the stupid, you know, what's so stupid about a great pumpkin anyway? I mean, and it's stupid. What do you mean, stupid? <laughs> what are you talking about? He's in the chat right now. Oh, that's pretty good. Well, he did admit he was yeah. dumb, so. <laughs> oh, for, oh. Uh, I, there was a there was a really clever joke, but again, I I promise I won't swear on stream. So, well, hey, this is from well, you know, we're not trying to PG everything, but you know, besides, we're taking it down to a minimum. A one so, made, a month, a once made love to a watermelon. <laughs> Wait, who you you once made love to a watermelon? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I had been one, you know. Devin, one happy watermelon. An ugly pineapple. And I think that pineapple must have been grumpy that day. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. There's a pineapple under the sea. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm, I'm wondering if I can try and get some uh, gameplay videos like done on my phone with that. I mean, like that's going to be another thing, but Whoa. you know, to each his own. Uh, we got like, uh, I think seven and seven minutes and uh, 20 seconds before we have to do the main show with the topics. Yep. So, um, Ho holy crap, dude, were those your fingers? Yeah. Cause I heard, I'm heard some I heard some popping dude. Like what the frick? Yeah, it was just puppies yeah, and knuckles. knuckles. Man. Well. I mean, I am a flexible guy, so... I, I did take swimming classes, so... Swimming classes, huh? Well, you... Uh, it's obviously... You make, make sense. You did a lot of swimming even before you were born. I mean... I, well, I mean... I mean, uh, research. I mean, researchers say. I mean, there's been some discoveries that swimming is like one of the most relaxing sports ever. It helps. <laughs> it helps you. It helps you cool down with the anxiety. He doesn't get what I was going with there, even though I'm not yeah, trying. Right. Yeah, and I'm not trying I did. to beat. <laughs> oh, I, oh I did. okay. I thought you were. I thought you did at the first. But wait, what is this? I'm going to show this because it was held for review because they're emojis. Wait, pineapple sponge square. 
Oh, spawn. Oh, pineapple what? sponge square pants. Get it? Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob Square Pants. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Uh, ben is thanking for last week. Yeah, oh. anytime, Ben. No problem. Oh well, nope. Not gonna say anything. Yeah, well, I was right. That's right. You better keep your uh, sick, perverted fantasies to yourself. Well, it's not. It's nothing perverted. I promise. Well, I was gonna oh, say okay. I was. I was gonna be on last time, but um, because of uh, prior commitments, they uh, I had to um, I had to decline that. So, yeah. And last week, I had to spend time with my family. You know, we had to you know have some you know dinner, um, because. You know, this was like, uh, because last week, uh, my dad was going to be here for, you know, until he had to leave the next morning, you know, for Arkansas. And it was a flight, and it was like, and he, and he had to, you know, take a plane over there, too. So, and plus, here's another problem. It's the fact that, you know, my dad is one of those kind of people, and this is, a, and this is honest to God truth. My dad is one of those people, like, he gets a little nauseous. You know, like when it comes, like, like, you know, you know how you get like this kind of car sickness or whatever, you know, uh, kind of but like, you know, you're like, you got nausea or whatever. He's like one of those people like through, like he, he wouldn't be able to take an entire plane ride while awake. Okay. He's like one of those people. He's like, he's like Jim Cornette, you know, like that whole, like. You know the Zan like you know mistiming a Xanax type thing. I think I told the story that that uh, Bruce uh, Pritchard told one time on the show before. Um, but yeah, my dad's like one of those people that he not only is he nauseous. Let's just say he's not the kind of person who would would stay sane for an entire plane ride. Ah, uh, you know what Thank I mean. You know. Hmm? Thankfully, though, the the the. The thing he took, it it was able to help him fall asleep for the entire plane ride, and not just for there, but also the way back home. You know what? You know what I hear? The word nauseous. It always it always reminds me of that character from uh, Rockwell's Modern Life when the uh, Philbert when he goes, "I'm nauseous, I'm nauseous, I'm nauseous, I'm nauseous." <laughs> nauseous. He actually did say. He actually did say it that way. I'm nauseous. I'm nauseous. I'm nauseous. But either way, and and you're probably going to be asking me, Jordan, will you ever take a flight anywhere? That all depends. But then again, I'm not going to lie to you when I say I'd rather, and I swear to God when I say this, I'd rather do the same thing he would do. Because the thing is, Oh, hey, hey, Adam, how are you doing? The thing is, I'm not going to risk knowing that I could have the same problem as my dad when it comes to flying, so I'd rather be asleep for the whole flight, too. Hmm. But that all depends if I have the same thing and same problem he has. And excuse me, my, my dog was barking. I don't know you know how she is. But, no. My dogs are outside. They're fine. So, struck uh, again. Two minutes and 15 seconds. And who struck again? Uh, what was going on in your end, Jordan? 
Um, uh, everything's been going okay. Um, n I mean, no complaints. I mean, but I will say though, um, a lot of changes, you know, in my life are happening and mm -hmm. I got, got to make the best of it. I mean, what, I mean, what happens happens and I'm not going to, you know, be complacent about it. All right. The eyeball poof. Wait, there's like I an eyeball and then there's like a, um. Like some kind of like poof emoji. I think it's a blow wind, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what it is either. Mm. But hey, it's always good to see you, Adam. Mm -hmm. Must be some whippersnapper thing. By the where's where's Eric? Uh, we uh, explained that at the beginning of the show. You might have to look back on it soon. Yeah. I fa oh, Whoa. that's what it means. I farted. Oh, okay. wow. <laughs> clever. You sneaky, yeah. you sly dog. That's clever. You dog, you. <laughs> I thought you were, you know, you were seeing some, seeing some wind, you know. Oh, actually, you know what I re you know what I really hate is that whenever like I try not to blink, like you, like literally, like your eye burns up, and because like all the wind like hitting on your Ooh, eyes, like yeah, ah oh, man, it, it that always hurts. Yeah, or that you can watch Eric's recent video, or you can watch the beginning of the of the show, like later after we're done live. Yep. Yeah. And you know, some people need an off day. Or just some time off, which is respectable. And I guess that's going to be it for the yeah, Q&A part, even though we didn't have that much questions. But, hey, we had a oh, good time okay. waiting until, you know. All mm -hmm. right. And there it is. I don't know. Maybe, because, I don't know maybe, maybe because there weren't enough questions because I'm here. Well, at least the debate isn't going on while you're here. Oh. Every time I every time I'm on camera, there's always a debate. Why? Because I have some bad. Because I have a bad curse. No, it's no. not a fact. Well, that not you always. Got it's not a fact that you got a bad curse. It's a it's a fact that you're a bad omen. Bad, bad, bad omen. Bad <laughs> omen. That's in the movie. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much like yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. So, Brandon, what do we do next? Yeah, Brandon, we go to our topics. And, Jordan, uh, your famous saying. Let's -a go, ho! Where we go? Yes, and speaking of that start off, it will be you, Jordan. Okay, I will get this uh, out of the way quickly. Um... I am going to be making some changes to my channel, um, but like I said, I'm going to be, be moving on with stuff. Um, unfortunately, there will be some series that will not be continuing, like, for instance, uh, Chill Majority. Um, in, in fact, it will be replaced with a new Chill Stream series. However, all my videos, you know, whether they've been privated or back in public, it doesn't really matter. Um, it's like trying to go through a phase like when you're going through changes and 
I will say though, I've had fun doing those chill streams, but I will be doing a new chill stream series sometime later in the future. And also I will be uh, talking about something else about a new nickname I'm going to use also for most of what I do as whether I'm myself or whatnot. See, at the end of the day, I'm Jordan Little. J-Man's legit is a username and, you know, something I've been identified as, which anybody can do, you know, like can identify me as J-Man, J-Man's or J-Man's legit it all, or Jordan or Jordy, Jordy boy, whatever you want to call me. Or okay. just Jordan. <laughs> but at the uh, end, end of the day, but still, I will also be going by a nickname that, you know, that has been inspired to me by a good friend who's been uh, uh, talking to me uh, these past, the past week. And I will be known as the Youngblood Outsider. Hmm. Interesting. But that's all there is to it for my first topic. And regards to the um, new chill stream series, I'll do um, that. Will be that'll be up for me to decide in a later point in time. Maybe I'll do an update for next week's episode. But we'll see as we go forward into the future. Okay. All right. Let's see who will be up next, and it'll be. Oh, oh, it's my turn. Yep. Okay. Um. Last will um. Might as well start this off. That um, what do I have in store for um the next episode for uh, Bozos? Um, because um this coming Saturday is gonna be my uh, birthday, my twenty first birthday to be precise. I got some special things in in mind. Like um, for example, um, I'm gonna do uh, two movie reviews. One is a uh, Descendants three because uh, my rant on Descendants two was um the was that was actually the part was actually gold, and then I'm gonna do um, Muppets Wizard of Oz, which is a, a suggestion from Ben, and then I'm also gonna do um, I'm also gonna eat spam live on camera, and um, as well, I got some more topics, but but most of it is just gonna be like um you know some some news that's been that's been going on for the media, but um. I also do want to make um want to make it a tribute to um to uh, Miss Veronica because because she literally she re she really was a great friend and um she really did help me out a lot. In fact, she is the one that suggested me to uh, change the the title of my show from Bumbly Five to Bumbly Bozos, which and many people love that many people love that new name and and I decided that now I'm gonna dedicate it to two. My show will not be dedicated to two people. Oh, oh, just yeah, feedback. Oh, yeah, feedback. Keep in mind, so, I was uh, I was talking to you about the whole bumbling five thing, and like, sure, you can still call it that, but still, you only need five people to be on there if there's if it's about five people. But then again, it's good that Veronica could inspire you to change it from five to bozos. Yeah, and I mean, even Romy said the best that it does have a nice ring to it. So, um, now now my show. I just realized something, my bar. You know what would happen if, uh, like, you know what I think Morgan would want to call it? You know what Captain Morgan would want to call it? The bumbling uh, buffoons. Now that's, now that, hmm, that actually sounds, that actually does have a nice ring to it. I mean, bu bu bumbling buffoons. buffoons. Not, bu not buffoons, buffoons. 
I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, same thing, same lettering. <sighs> but, um, I don't... Yeah, so my show is... I'm gonna now dedicate it to uh, two people, which is um Morgan and Veronica. And I decided that, um, I'm, I'd rather not postpone the show because, um, doing a live stream on my birthday, which, um, is, uh, is could be, like, I don't think uh, that will ever, ever happen again. So it's going to be like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And I decided that the show must go on, and we are going to put on a show. And for this Saturday, it's going to be, uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be an unforgettable one, but it's going to be a special one. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's your topic, uh, Uriel? Yeah, well, old. Well, uh, I do have another one, so um, might as well get. We're gonna, yeah, actually, I'm sorry to interrupt you and all that. So we went. It's in uh, random order, so that's we'll get to yours in a moment. Oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. You're good. But we have the next one up. It will be. I am up for my series of three, and this is in regards to NXT from last week. We start off the night with a segment. William Regal, the NXT general manager, walked to the ring talking about his history with NXT. That was until Karrion, the NXT champion, Karrion Cross, accompanied by Scarlett, interrupted. He demanded that Regal would step down and give him power over NXT. That was until... Samoa Joe himself. I watched that video. I watched that video, and I'm not gonna lie. Oh, hey Nihar, how you doing? I, I watched that video from this of that highlight, and I'm not gonna lie to you. When I was like, "Oh yes, please, please give us Joe versus Cross," I am like, "That is absolutely genius." But. Instead, he is now the new enforcer for William Regal. Under two conditions. He's not allowed to compete. And he's not allowed to put his hands on certain talent. Unless provoked. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me when Stone Cold was the co-general manager of Raw back in 2003. With Eric Bischoff? Yes. Remember those days. I, I, I wish I, I wish those days would return. Yeah, absolutely. And then for our first matchup of the night, we have a tag team match player, Holla Holla. We've Ugh. got Sorry. We've got Brizango, the team of Fandango and Tyler Breeze taking on Imperium or Fabian Eigner and Marcel Bartel. Winner of the match, Brizango. Time of the match, 10 minute 28 seconds. Nice. And then, well, before this, we had a, another segment which was a brawl between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly until the officials 
broke up the brawl, and then Regal announced that the two would fight again at the Great American Bash in three in two weeks from now. In a while participating in a pick your poison match. I don't pick know what that poison, could be. Huh? I don't know what that could be, well, but okay. I'll tell I'll tell you what what it could be. It could wind up to where you when you're picking your poison, it ain't gonna be poison. It's gonna be X lax. That could be the reason too. X that was until that was until Samoa Joe choked out Adam Cole with a coquina clutch. Long time since we've seen that move. I hope and they bring. Then, Joe, I hope they bring Joe as a wrestler back, back you know, soon because I, I cannot stand the fact that you know he's being used as a on-screen like bodyguard or whatever it is. Like he knows his place is in the ring. Yeah, and then we have an open challenge for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Hmm. We've got Kushida taking on. Trey Baxter. Hmm. And I think this was his debut match in NXT. Either, but then again, I could be wrong, but who knows? Winner of the match, Kushida. As time of the match. Yeah, time of the match, 10 minutes, 23 seconds. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of. John Cena's U.S. Open Challenge when he laid an open challenge every week on Raw for the United States Championship. I, I yeah, that's where I, I'm thinking too, because you know, and at least with John Cena when he did that, at least he was you know doing what uh like a like a mid card champion should do, because the more matches you have to provide better moments, it makes the title more prestigious. Hmm. Yeah. And then we have two segments. The first one, Frankie Monet has announced that an encore to world premiere is will be next week, which is actually this week, actually. And I think she's competed right now. Who who knows? I think she also tried to convince Aaliyah and Jesse Kamea to ditch the Robert Stone brand. I don't know why, but and then we have the coronation of the new million dollar champion. Now, for those who didn't watch uh, NXT Takeover in your house, the million dollar championship match, the ladder match for the for the million dollar championship between. L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes was the first time that the Million Dollar title has been on the line since 1991. Mm. And Knight dropped L.A. the new Million Dollar champion. L.A. Knight dropped the Million Dollar man, Ted DiBiase, with a right hand telling him that he had all he needed, which was, of course, the title. That was until Cameron Grimes showed up to clothesline. You know, 
LA Knight out of the ring to check on the WWE Hall of Famer. This the is one thing I, the one thing I don't get is why would you why would you have someone put a hands on a guy who is who no longer competes in the ring? And also uh no longer manages too, I think. That yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's just bizarre. Mm. And then we have a women's tag team match. Player holla holla. You know it's the Mac Militant. <laughs> yeah, Teddy Long. We have got Dakota Kai and the current NXT Women's Champion Raquel Gonzalez taking on the team of Kaden Carter and. A fellow American Ninja Warrior competitor who is actually an alum, since we have Julius Ferguson coming out a little later, Casey Catanzaro. Hmm. Yeah, she's an alum. But the winners of the match, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Time of the match, 12 minutes, 27 seconds. And then this is, a, this is actually a decent show from what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah, and then Eel Shirai walked out with confidence to announce who she wanted next. Who she wanted to be in the ring with next. That was until Candace LeRae interrupted her before she could say anything. And that was until Indy Harwell attacked Shirai from behind. And then in the way and then Candace LeRae and Indy Harwell of the way, or the crappy way as I like to call it. Well, you're not set wrong. Up, yeah. Set up Shirai on the table for an elbow drop. That was until Zoe Stark, even the odds, and allowed uh, the genius of the sky to hit a double drop kick on the rate and Harwell sending them him uh, high to high and dry. And then we have, Oh, wait a minute. I think I know what's coming. It's main event time. Oh, main event. Hold yeah, up, hold up, hold up, hold up, Brandon. That was so Brandon, delayed. Brandon, you can do better than that. You you got it, and you come on. Yeah, you can do, do better than that, Brandon. Yeah, I'll do it. Hold on. event! There we go. There we go. That's more like it. We have a tornado tag team match player, holla holla. Ooh. Ho, 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 and a holla. Holla holla. Oh, we have got man. Yeah, we have got the team of Tommaso Champa and Timothy Thatcher Ooh. taking on the Grizzled Gun veterans, Zach Gibson and James Drake. Winners of the match. Tommaso Champa and Timothy Thatcher. Time of the match 17 minutes 10 seconds. 
to be honest with you, any one of these could be could have been match of the night material. But I think the tornado tag team match stole the show. That's mm. it for my first topic. Then. All right then. Hi. Let's see what's next up, and it is. Wow, you're not even giving it a chance here, man. That's bizarre. Um. Okay, so. I'm planning on doing, I've already watched TNA Victory Road 2004. Now, I'm, I might give you guys a little bit of a preview. Let's just say I'm a little mixed with this event. This was TNA's very first three-hour live pay-per-view for what they were going to do for their monthly basis because they'd already gotten through with the weekly um, two-hour um, uh, pay-per-view they used to do every Wednesday night. Now, and they already would have TNA Impact as their, you know, flagship show. But this event was supposed to be not just, you know, one for where they had to, you know, make it count. But still, it is not one of their greatest. And that's all I'm going to leave to that. So I will have that uh, review on my channel soon, but not too soon. But I, but I think Brandon might, you know, he might want... Uh, do it with me sometime in the future, you know, because I mean, one, I did talk to him about this and, you know, if he wants to, and I really think that it could be good, you know, not just for content, but also to talk about certain things that happened on that night. Let's just say I'm a little mixed with that event. Now I will be doing turning point next and how I do that review. I got to make sure it's done very good. Hopefully, it can be a redeeming factor to Victory Road 04. And, yeah, that's pretty much... And, and yes, before you, we go any further, I will be collecting the TNA pay-per-views, you know, from 2004, which I've already have, all the way to 2017, all the way up to its, you know, last TNA-branded event. As for the Impact Wrestling ones, I well, dare not to touch. Because I I love TNA the way it was, and it, it hold it still holds special place in my heart. But I will say though, the first TNA pay per view that I got was Bound for Glory, and when I kept collecting the others from 2005 to 2013, and even though I stopped for a while, when I got those two other pay per views, you know what? I'm just going to make a collection of all those events. Sure, they're not all the gr not not one or all of them are the greatest pay per views events. But still, you got to start somewhere. If you're going to go deeper into history, you've got to do what you can to, you know, to tell the tale in what you saw of the event. And you can't be unbiased and you can't be too, like, pro, you know, of the promotion or the company. Otherwise, you're being a shill. That's why I'm a little mixed on Victory Road 04. But that's all I'm going to say for that. All right. Who's next? And it will be. Oh, it's me. All right. Finally. All right. I'm cool with that. Oh. Oh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, for my first topic, I'll talk about which I'll which I'll be in attendance for this coming Saturday, which is the Relentless Wrestling episode one is called the beginning, which I'm looking forward to that event, which of course since I'm currently sponsored with that company itself, Relentless Wrestling. Looking forward to that. For everyone, 
who wants to see me and all that, I'll be selling merch for the first uh, Grant Rip Loco and all that. So bye bye merch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, looking forward to that, you know. And uh, and everyone who's gonna enjoy that event, the first event will be taking place in Spokane or slash really wherever you prefer in that case, but I call Spokane. But the one match I was looking forward to in this one, we got the uh, current MLW Openweight Champion Alexander Hammerstone taking on the uh, the Vampire Warrior uh, WWE uh, former WWE star uh, Gangrel. Most of I was looking forward to that match. And then you get many other uh, stars from the Pacific Northwest. So Keith Murray taking on um, Nick Wang. And the one we interviewed in the previous from last year is um, the verified champion Steve Miggs taking on the devil himself, Drexel. And, thank, and of course, thank you for, for the logos and all that. So pretty much looking forward to... And a six-man tag with the Bass Bros, with, of course, Chris Ross and Dave Turner and a mystery opponent of their choosing. And taking on the A-team, which is the owner of the of, of the company, Relentless Wrestling, Chase James, along with uh, Lance Pearson and Jackson Price. And then originally in this one, we had uh, Sandra Moon uh, on, the, uh, on there. But unfortunately, she couldn't make it on that one. The replacement was Holly Crum. Very interested to see that. And of course, we used to have a guest on the show back in the back of the, you know, from last year, which I'm not gonna talk about, but Rebel Kell. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this event. I mean, if and for the folks who uh, are in Spokane, Sasha Liberty Lake, if they you guys wanna see me, see me and I'll talk about like any questions about the show, please feel free to hit me up and all that, and we'll go from there. And and that's it for my uh, first topic. Yay! Yay, yes. <laughs> all right, let's see who will be the next one up. And it will be... Oh, oh I, wow, and this Ow. will be the sixth topic before we go to the um, advertisements. Yes. Okay, so I've been doing a lot of watching of – you know how proud I am to be a Star Wars fan, okay? Ah. Like, hold on. Let me just show you guys something. You know this right here, my avatar, what oh, it used to be right I, here. I still have it, and, you know, but, you know – I haven't seen that in a I, long time. Like me with the lightsaber. Mm. Well, the thing is, you know, I don't use it a lot. But, however – that's how much of a big Star Wars fanatic I am, you know. But, however, if there's one thing I do love it is storytelling, especially with the Bad Batch. I mean, I'm not going to lie. These past eight episodes have been a roller coaster ride, and they and, and they are just – and, you know, the, the special appearances from certain characters you're going to get, not going to go into in-depth detail because I don't want to spoil anything – but the surprise appearances from certain characters you used to watch, whether it's the Mandalorian or the Clone Wars or whatever, I'm telling you, you're 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 actually going to be very you know shocked with certain people. And I'm not going to lie, I've I, 
that last week I was shocked that a certain character appeared and you haven't seen him in how long. So I'm wondering what's next. What are they going to give us next? But I do know that it's going to become a little darker as, as it progresses, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. never been shy away from a dark type of series within anything. I mean, the only darkest and most very darkest scene, no pun intended for no light structure, was the Rogue One thing. Now, like with Vader being on that transport, you know, and doing what he does. <laughs> but Rogue One. Still, either way, um, I I hope you know you guys watch the Bad Batch. It is on Disney Plus, um, and also I don't know if it's switching its schedule from Fridays to Wednesdays. I've been hearing reports that there are some shows that are going to be you know streamed and premiered on Wednesdays rather than Fridays for some reason, like they've done with Low Key and all that. But either way, it is I, I've enjoyed every bit of it. And I hope to continue to do so. I might do a whole review on the seat on the first season, you know, once it's done. But either way, uh, I'm not going to spoil anything for you guys because you have to see it in order to, you know, enjoy it. Because that the kind of person I am, I'm not going to spoil things too much unless it's been around for like three to four or five years, kind of like with Rogue One and all that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's going to be it for my third and final topic. All right, and before we get to someone else, we gotta have our usual sponsors on there. We'll start off first with uh, Jesse Carter over there at the Pro Wrestling Shoot. So, Jesse, take it away. Mm-hmm. You like listening to wrestling interviews? Well, you're gonna be going to the right place. Come check out my podcast, The Pro Wrestling Shoot, with your host, Jesse Carter, where we do interviews with pro wrestlers and music guests, reviews of current product and reviews of old product. If you like listening about wrestling, you'll love listening to my show. Come check us out and give us a follow on Facebook at The Pro Wrestling Shoot, Instagram at The Pro Wrestling Shoot. On Twitter, you can follow me at Carter Inc., C-A-R-D-E-R-I-N-C. And then we're also going to be doing some live streams on Twitch and YouTube shortly. You can follow us on there at The Pro Wrestling Shoot. Go ahead and go over there and give us a subscribe so that way that you know when we're going to be dropping content notified right away and you can get started on the action come on over to anchor.fm to follow the podcast the pro wrestling shoot you can also catch us on spotify apple podcast itunes anywhere you get your podcast it's available everywhere come check us out all right let's get back to what's more important and that's the rant and rave podcast and finally but certainly not least we'll have alex paris talking about the 25 and speaking of which it will come out this Friday. Looking forward to that. Be the way, Alex Paris, take it away. Coming soon to YouTube. Looking for a channel that has awesome game shows, TV shows, and live streams, all created by Alex Paris? Well, the 25 has that answer for you. Coming mid 2021, an all new YouTube channel created by Alex Paris brings you to 25, where we have game shows such as Bonzi's Jungle Challenge, Million Dollar Sharks, and Flink of the Game Show, along with other shows and awesome live streams. Launching mid-2021, you're watching The 25. All right. Thank you very much, Jesse and Alex Paris. 
Also, yeah. keep in mind, it's going to be, like, this Friday will be the uh, the official opening of the 25. Yep, and that's what I was trying to say, and that was right. Oh, sorry. You're, you're good, Jordan. You're good. All right, we're back on the show now. So, Yay. yep, and see who will be going after usual sponsor, and it'll be... Oh, yay, my turn. So, um, my uh, next topic is, um, I'm pretty sure we, um, we may have heard of this individual by the name of Amber Heard. Oh, you said this before the show. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, so, um, apparently, um, there's a new Amber Heard that, came, that just came out of the blue. And the result? It only got $36,000 at the box office. Woo. Woo. Ouch! So it so it says here in in an, in an article at uh, we got this cover up. It says um even if you're even if you completely ignore all the rumors, speculation, backlash, style, vitriol pointed in the direction of her personal life, which admittedly difficult when there's simply so much of it. Amber Heard hasn't been. Has the man having the greatest time on screen since the since she last played the female lead of Aquaman, which made over one point one billion dollars at the box office to go down in the history history books as the biggest DC adaptation ever. Not gonna lie, I'll admit she does she does look kind of cute in the movie, but now that I know how much of a horrible human being she is, yeah, I take that comment back. So um. She did have another movie well, years ago called, titled London Fields, which it opened uh, five years ago. And after ep, after shooting Rab during which the time during time the director sued the producers for fraud, while her was also the subject of a ten million dollar lawsuit from a film that that by all accounts is terrible, boasting the unwanted distinction of a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Her latest film, Gully, at least fared a little better, but critics still bashed the drama heavily. Having initially premiered in in April 19, the coronavirus pandemic saw the show for over two years, and since finally scored a big screen release two and a half years ago, it only managed to bring up a, a paltry $36,000 globally and has never played more than 100 theaters at once. Wow! Talk, I mean, talk about sinking lower. Sheesh. I mean, I already, I already know for a fact that um, her career is, is damaged ever since the, ever since it's been confirmed that she's been lying to Johnny Depp. By the way, we I, also we're all rooting for you, Johnny Depp. I agree. But wow, I would have never. I mean, oh, I mean, I kind of see it because uh, it only opened like a few theaters so i can kind of see why like it, it only earned less than a thousand dollars but wow i've well, seen box office bombs in the past but that's never, hmm? never like that huh yeah and the fact that it says globally that is surprising <laughs> usually usually like movies like I don't know, like independent movies, they make like what five million five million dollars, like worldwide. I mean, depending on some theaters, but this the fact that it only aired, the fact that it only premiered on 
a in selected theaters, and literally got nothing. It, it literally got nothing. Literally, it had literally it earned nothing. And all I gotta say is, she's pretty much just done. Her career is just done. I mean, I don't, I don't really get, I don't really, I don't, I don't really see the point of her like continuing on if it's if all if all we ever heard is just like her exposing her exposing like just shady things about her and then her movies just like keep getting like bashed by critics or even bombed horribly i got to say it's time i got to say it's time to just um it's all i got to say it's just time for you to retire because mm, i've heard i've heard the things that she did and it ain't pretty well, it could be worse. I mean, this could be Johnny Depp instead of Amber Heard. Well, oh, if it was Johnny Depp, I'll be, I'll be like, I'll be literally bawling like a baby. But because it's Amber Heard, all I can say is, sometimes you don't, you don't need, you don't always hear what. Sometimes don't trust the media because sometimes some people are lying. I agree. I mean. Which is another reason why the whole sometimes the whole hashtag too can be a little flawed and a little wonky. Sometimes may not be right. And this is the, and with Amber Heard is that is definitely the case with this one. So I never even heard, I never even heard of this movie, but the fact that it only literally got thirty six thousand dollars. Wow, that's embarrassing. That is humiliating. I mean. I've, if I, I if my movie was like that, I'd retire immediately. I would have I would immediately just give up. I mean, okay, I mean they say don't never say never and never give up, but the fact that people have already exposed the, the type of person you are, I guess it's it's time to just leave leave your leave your career up in the balance. Mm. Oh, John. Oh, Johnny Depp. Oh, Johnny Depp. I'm, I'm rooting for you, buddy. And I'm, I hope that I hope that you'll get. I hope that your your career will will get better. Mm -hmm. Indeed. So, still waiting for her to go to jail. So, it, it'll happen. It'll happen. Might as well yep. give it like I don't know a few months. All right. So is that your uh, second topic there? Uriel? Yep. Alright. We'll be up next. Oh, I go back to back. Alright. Times two. Yes. Means going back to back, so meaning second and third topic. So for the second topic I'll talk about, which is going to be the results for WWE Hell in the Cell 2021. Hmm. And we already... Uh, of course, it was. I had a live stream from last Sunday from that, so check it out when you can. But we'll go ahead and go over the uh, little pre-show, which we could care less about, but we'll do it either way. We're going to have a pre-show. We have one half of the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Natalia, accompanied by Tamina, taking on uh, Mandy Rose, uh, Dante's favorite wrestler, by the way. No pun intended, Dante. We love you. No homo. Take it on with, uh, of course, yes, with uh, Dana Brooke. Winner of that match, of course, it's Natalia defeating Mandy Rhodes at the time of 9 minutes and 45 seconds. 
And then, all right, and we'll get to our guests in a moment after I get done with my topics. But we'll do. We'll go ahead and go ahead and get into this. The main show we have the Hell in the Cell match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. We got Bianca Belair defending her title against Bailey, or Bailey Mooney like to call it Baby, in, in his own thoughts. But but I digress. And that was a good way to start off the show, the main show to be exact. Bianca Belair defeating Bailey, remaining the SmackDown Women's Champion. Of course, the time of that. Is 19 minutes and 45 seconds. And then we go to our uh, next one. We got Seth Rollins taking on Cesaro. And, of course, the winner of that, Rollins getting a little bit of his revenge by losing at WrestleMania 37 to Cesaro, but he did it either way. Of course, Rollins defeated Cesaro in the time of 16 minutes and 15 seconds. And then the cluster F of this match. Ugh. What was the point of this? I'll say this. Alexa Bliss taking on Shayna Baszler, known as the Queen of Fades, along with Naya, my hole. <laughs> oh, hi, hole. And that, where are you? Yes, and that match was garbage. And what was the point? Like I said, what was the point of this? But either way, and of course, thank goodness, Bliss defeating Baszler. Time of, of course, no quickie. Seven minutes on that one. And then we get into the next match. We got Sami Zayn taking on Kevin Owens in this, for this one. And Zayn defeating Owens in a time of 12 minutes, 12 minutes and 40 seconds. Or as I like to call him Sammy, I've gone so insane. Oh, whoops. Going insane. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, of course, like I already mentioned that one, but we'll go into the next one. Of course, I forgot, forgot to say, but Zayn, of course, beat Owens. 12.40 as always. Just had to repeat it just for the crafts and giggles. But then we get to the, uh, unfortunately, a non-Hell in the Cell match, but it was a singles match for the Raw Women's Championship. Yeah, Rhea Ripley defending her title against, and I'll give credit where credit's due to uh, Jerome Latimer, the Android 18 female version of Roman Reigns, Charlotte Flair. Yep, and that was for you, Jerome. And, of course... Flair defeating Ripley by disqualification. And, of course, Ripley remains the Raw Women's Champion. Champion's advantage, of course. Indeed, indeed. And then we get into the, and this time I'll be prideful of the main event. It is a last chance Hell in the Cell match for the WWE Championship. We have the almighty and WWE Champion Bobby Lashley, accompanied by MVP, taking on once again Drew McIntyre. And of course, for MVP balling on that one. And the drill of boys, Lashley defeating McIntyre to remain the WWE Champion. 
time of that was a good one of 25 minutes and 45 seconds. That to me is match of the night material. And indeed it was. And yep, and I already gave a rating on the on that live stream from last Sunday. That one was like five out of ten on my behalf, so it was okay, but not the best. But either way, we'll go ahead and go straight straightly quick to my third and final topic, which is gonna be the NBA playoffs. I'm like Playoffs? You really want to talk about the playoffs? Yes. Yes, that's what I'm saying. The NBA playoffs. As we got... We start off with the... Um, very, I'm kind of shocked about this. We got the Milwaukee Bucks could take on the Atlanta Hawks for the Eastern Conference Finals, which is very, very interesting. And they're currently playing right now as the Phoenix Suns taking on the Los Angeles Clippers. And so far, the Suns are leading uh, one to nothing in the series. And speaking of uh, that, currently uh, Phoenix leading over the Clippers in the in game game two of forty eight to forty seven, almost getting to halftime. Can can the Suns go two zero for this, or will the Clippers tie up? This Type of the series. But yes, with that being said, I'll be ending my third and final topic regarding to the NBA playoffs. All right, and we'll go ahead and get to our um, interview right here and right now. Oh. Right. Oh, well, um, yes. Oh, um, might as well just um, bring in Kermit if he, if you will love to uh, do the uh, to start things off. So, um, Hmm. Uh, hi ho! Um, it's the Red Ray Podcast with our very special guest, Mr. Julius Ferguson. Yay! Yes. How you doing, Julius? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. No problem, man. Now we'll go ahead and get straight to the uh, interview and straight to the questions. Right. So, what was your training like before competing on American Ninja Warrior? <laughs> well, that's that's very very extensive, but um, to pretty much sum it up, uh, all day every day, pretty much. All right. I got a question. Um, it's uh one thing when you're training in the gym, and it's just you and your friends. Um, but how much pressure did you feel on you knowing that the cameras were on and everybody was watching you? Um, honestly, absolutely none. Because I've one, I've uh, been performing for a long time as a rapper. Um, been performing for over 15 years. And uh, part of my training is not just physical, but mental. I put a lot of effort and time and um, intention into mental training and before i ever show up for the competition i've already been there hundreds of times in my mind all right all right anyone else on this uh stream has any questions michael i'm 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 thinking i got one go ahead i got one for you uh so julius Again, pleasure to have you on here. We've talked about your uh, 
competitive career on American Ninja Warrior, but I want to talk about your music career as well as you are a rap artist. You currently you have an EP out called Unrivaled. I would like to know, as well as for the fans of R and R, where can they get this EP if they would like to get it? Uh, Unrivaled is on all major digital platforms, so iTunes. Um, I, iTunes still exists, right? I'm yes. still getting yeah, confused still between. <laughs> okay, iTunes, you know, Spotify, YouTube Music. Um, yeah, pretty much anywhere online. I believe I have it on my Bandcamp as well. So, yeah, you can find that pretty much anywhere. All right. Crazy here. Oh. Mm. So, so I think I heard, I for my question now. I I I think I did heard of this show. Like, so apparently they do like obstacle courses. So, um, did you like did like any any stunts in the show? Well, not really. So, I mean, technically, I have done some stunts on the show, like for Flair or whatever. But um, the show in itself is kind of like a stunt. Um, because the obstacles are so challenging. And, um, I mean, a lot of stuff you'd see kind of like in movies and stuff, that's pretty much basic for most ninja athletes. That's like the stuff we train, like swinging in the air from like one thing to another, like 10 feet away, running across like the tops of poles and running across, um, metal rails, like on the side of, the road, that type of thing is stuff that we train all the time. So in a sense, the sport is stunt work. Mm. All right, I'll go ahead and ask one right here. Although, uh, Michael, I mentioned about you being a rap artist. How did you came up with that name, Black Jewels? Um, so there's kind of a an in-depth story behind it, but... Um, Essentially, um, when I like when I was younger, I used to, I was like really lost as a teenager, and I was out in the streets and stuff. And um, at a, a certain point, I um, I also started I started getting into Tupac and a lot of like the Black Power movement of like the '60s and '70s. And so I used to dress in all black from head to toe. Like I used to wear like a black ski mask, black bandana on my head, and black hoodie black shoes everything black black gloves and everything um which is not like it's not uncommon in the streets at all and i also started talking about like black power and black history black knowledge and all that stuff so one of my friends back in the day who was kind of like the goofball class clown of uh, our crew or whatever one day because i was rapping since i was a kid and one day he was like saying as a joke he was like yo you know what your rap name should be black jewels because my real name my government name is julius um and people always call me jewels anyway um but later as i was reformed um and i changed my ways changed my life um it took on a new meaning which is a diamond before it is discovered and refined is covered in coal so Black jewels is a metaphor for a diamond in the rough. Huh. <laughs> Answer Aladdin joke here. Yeah. 
Alright, uh, anyone else on this uh, stream has any other questions? Well, <coughs> oh, sorry. I didn't mean to. Oh. I was trying. I was trying to keep that cough in, but then all of a sudden, you know. <laughs> but um, oh, I got I got another question after you know because I have watched your uh thing on American Ninja Warrior on YouTube, and uh, I I did notice something that really caught me off guard. Like when you're doing the stunts, just just a quick thing. Are some of the things like wet things when, like you, wet. when you run across? Hold on, feedback. Okay, um, when you're running across things during the obstacle course, is there are they like wet from time to time? <laughs> okay, well, I'm gonna try to say this in the most uh, politically correct and contractually safe and indemnifying way. Um, so there's a team there of um, like there are producers for the show. And then they're a team of like engineers and then um, workers that um, set up the course and maintain the course throughout the night. Um, and obviously all the obstacles are suspended over water. And naturally when people fall in the water, they splash water onto the obstacles. So <laughs> just speaking in terms of physics, and water will naturally get on the obstacles. And there are times when water gets on the obstacles so much that even when the crew working, they try to wipe down the obstacles, they're still not completely dry. And then there are some times when the, true, the crew may overlook some elements of an apparatus or an obstacle and it remains wet. But also, if you look at some of the obstacles and how they're set up, it's not just the obstacle that's like floating in the air there. There's a whole structure to it. There's a frame and there's a truss system. So a lot of times, because there's so much water that splashes up, it not only gets on the obstacle, but it gets on the structure itself. So sometimes when someone's on the obstacle, even if the obstacle itself is dry, if the frame or the truss is wet when they're on the obstacle, if it's like shaking at all, a lot of the drops will shake off of the frame or the truss and get on the obstacle. So, um, to make the answer a, a short answer, essentially there are times, yes, when obstacles can get wet and yes, I have been on obstacles that have been wet. Oh, okay, I was just wondering because when I was watching the end of it, you know, like when you're heading on those V's, whatever, yeah. like, yeah, yeah I, I noticed one of them was wet, you yeah. know, when you grabbed the one the I fell on, yeah. I yep. was fixing to say, like, wait, did you get screwed over or something? But then again, I I guess I guess you explaining it the way you did, I, I guess that can, I guess that could be put to rest, you know, because, you know, but thanks for well, answering that question. Yeah, I'm going to just just because of a contract i signed i'm i'm not directly gonna answer that with an affirmative or a negative but i i will say i i will say that the proof is in the pudding and you know physics cannot be overcome so you know right. what you see is what you get and 
a lot of people have been asking me that and they all everyone has noticed that and everyone has said like you know you look so strong up until then like you know and so you know i it's it's pretty pretty much obvious like what you thought you saw is essentially what happened yeah yeah really interesting yeah yep yep So, I actually have a two-part, if you don't mind, uh, Julius. So, yep. Yep. I noticed in uh, in the Baltimore Finals, you did a backflip off the warped wall as homage to the season 11 champion, uh, Drew Drexel, when yeah. he did the flip yeah. in season seven. Drexel won, uh, as we all know, won season 11 of American Ninja Warrior. Um, yep. Since that moment when you did the backflip off the uh, warped wall has drexel ever gotten a uh, contact with you since then and if so who uh what was that feeling like well so me and drew were actually pretty close um i worked with drew for two years in his gym before i moved out of connecticut and um i learned a lot from him and we trained um sometimes we trained heading into the national finals for that year. Um, so he didn't, he didn't know I was going to do the flip. <laughs> he wasn't expecting it at all. Um, but he definitely, he definitely was surprised and he, he liked it that I did it. All right. That kind of answers my question there. Anyone else? Well, I actually do have, I actually do have one. Okay. So, um, what is the, was there like a moment where uh, you had to do this one stunt and you thought to yourself, oh, I don't think I'm going to do this. This might, this might be the end of me. But once you did it, you were like, you know what, that was actually awesome. I'll, I will try that again. <laughs> um, but probably hundreds of times um, mm -hmm. in between training and competing. Um, that's, that, that's part of the mental training process as well as overcoming that natural um, the natural reaction of doubt, uh, which is probably not a hundred percent natural. I think a lot of it is like subtly programmed into us as we're like integrated into, you know, common society and being, you know, a common kind of domesticated citizen. We're taught to doubt that we can go farther than our perceived limitations. And we have to, push past those barriers to prove to ourselves what we're really capable of and stand out from the crowd. So, so part of the training and competition process is learning to shun those doubts the moment they come in your head. So there have been so many times where I step up to an obstacle that I know I'm capable of, but yet like that voice and that instinct is like so ingrained that it's still in there that it just pops up naturally without thinking of it. But I've trained my mental awareness to notice it quick enough that I can shut it out or, or overpower it with more affirming thoughts. So there have been so many times that I've gone through that process and that sequence mentally that um, <laughs> I, I, I don't even know if I could enumerate it because it, it literally probably be hundreds of times. Ah. 
Brian, are you still there? Oh, I, I think he is. Uh, I'm, well, his mic's muted. I mean, I don't know if you... Uh, no, I'm still here. Okay, there we go. Hot thing, Mike. But either way, not, not no pun intended. But it's mentioned that you've also been a teacher and a social worker, like mm. places that you mentioned, Connecticut. Yeah. And uh, you also uh, came to the South to join the team of this year as a coach. And, and you also helped out a ministry to at-risk at families. Yes. Yep. So um, what was it like doing that? Like, say, if you're, say, for example, at ministry to at-risk families, what was it like? Um, so <clears throat> that's actually something I've done, uh, honestly, for a long time, for many years in different areas of the country. And I've done it in um, in various forms through various methods. Um, a lot of times I try to do it through some form of the arts, like whether it's through music or through dancing. That I used to be a very active dancer and I had like several dance crews and the style of dance I did was a street style called crump, um, which you might be familiar with. It's like really popular, like, the early 2010s or so and um we used it as like and really like an alternative gang culture to reach out to kids that come from those broken neighborhoods those broken families and stuff and so one of my goals now is to use ninja warrior to do the same type of thing because the whole ninja culture and ninja ethic is like extremely positive uplifting uh, reinforcing. If you ever watch American Ninja Warrior, you'll definitely get that vibe and you'll understand that the ninja community really holds true to that and upholds that that ethos of um, lifting each other up, encouraging each other, and overcoming life's obstacles. So in terms of um, where I'm at now in North Carolina working on that, that's... that's um, something that's still in the process of being done like officially because I'm still new to this area. Um, but it's something that I've, that I kind of a track record of doing. It's something I'm very passionate about. I actually got a question. Um, you know, how did, uh, COVID affect your ability to go to the gym or do you have a private facility to train? Um, that, that's a great question. Yeah. When I was, um, so in like March of last year, that's when I first came down to North Carolina to train at this gym. And literally the day, the day I came down was the last day they were open. Like the next day they got shut down by the governor. And, uh, I was fortunate enough that the gym, the family that owned the gym allowed me to continue to train there. So I was like extremely, extremely fortunate. And it was like um, a very like crazy sequence of events that led to me coming here just in time because there were a bunch of ninjas, like 99% of ninjas that had nowhere to train and they were racking their brains to figuring out how to train ninja warrior style obstacles, like in their backyard or in their living room or something. But I had like a full facility to myself for a couple months. Um, and then I also traveled before 
American Ninja Warrior of 2020, I also traveled traveled to Florida because they were like the only state uh, aside from Georgia that opened up super early. So I went down to Florida and trained for a month there as well, and then did uh, A&W 12. So I was really, really fortunate um, to have that. All right. I mean, I guess that's all the questions I might have, but um, anybody can go next if they want. Actually, I do have a question. Um, Who are your mentors? Who are my mentors? Um, so <clears throat> I actually haven't, uh, I haven't been, uh, fortunate enough to have any direct immediate mentors. Um, but the mentors that have influenced me the most are Kobe Bryant, Simone Biles, Serena Williams, LeBron James, Floyd Mayweather, Air Jordan, um, Steph Curry and Muhammad Ali. Um, I've learned a lot from them I, i've studied i studied them <clears throat> really all the greats but like them especially very very in depth um floyd mayweather is like um he's a mastermind as an athlete like he's an absolute robot and he's really clever mentally um, a lot of people like see him as a jerk because of the persona he took on uh, of money Mayweather, but like if you really look into Floyd Mayweather as a person and especially as an athlete and how he trains, his mindset is straight up bulletproof. Um, and the same goes for Jordan, LeBron, um, Kobe. A lot of people know about the Kobe and the Mamba mentality now. Like Kobe, huge, huge influence. Um, so them, oh, and Bruce Lee, definitely Bruce Lee. Great guy. Great guy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I actually got a follow-up to what we were talking about in uh, American Ninja Warrior Season 11. Uh, what was that feeling like just uh, to make your first trip to Vegas during that season? Uh, it felt like a, a long time coming. It was, like, it was something I looked forward to for so long, and it was kind of surreal. It, it felt overdue also because, like, uh, it was just every year it was, like, something unfortunate that held me back. Like, in 2016, my first year, I got disqualified on a technicality because my foot touched something on the balance that it wasn't supposed to touch, even though I didn't fall off. And the next year I got injured, I couldn't compete. And then the next year I got injured on the, the course and it slowed me down and I got far enough, but I didn't get fast enough. And then season 11, I finally made it to Vegas. But then another unfortunate um, circumstance hit me. Uh, three weeks before Vegas, I was training and I got a devastating injury to my shoulder rotator cuff specifically and my uh ankle so even though i made it to vegas i was not near my top form and it i definitely think it hindered me um in vegas and of course the next year there was no vegas you know um so 
it was it was I when I went down there I had every intention of you know making it the farthest like I had every intention of winning my mindset was that I wasn't gonna let anything stop me even if it was an injury you know but in the end it just it turned out the way it did so it was definitely bittersweet I've been waiting a long time to get back there all right so i do have a question for that you were on the cover on true magazine in the june slash july of 2014 so what was it what was your thoughts on being on in a magazine cover um that was that was a really great situation um i've been on a few covers since uh uh, probably some somewhat less notable uh, magazine, but it was something that was really appreciated because the magazine put me on out of respect for like who I was and doing and just my artist it wasn't about uh hey uh julius oh. i think you're getting uh i think you're getting see. cut off i hate to cut you yeah, off but i think uh, you're getting like um bad feedback yeah you're doing oh. um hold on a second um how's it now oh it sounds a little robotic but um are you guys okay? Holy crap. Uh it might be a like wait, do you have like a head like do you have like a headphones? Are you uh talking from a mobile device? Ooh, that is terrible. I think it's echoing off my my words. Yeah, um Oh wait, oh wait. No wait, it works now. You're good. Perfect. Is it any better now? Yeah, it's better yeah. now. Okay. Uh, okay. Cool. Sorry go ahead about and that. continue. I'm, no, it's okay. All right. Yeah, but uh, basically, um, it was something that I really appreciated because they gave me that cover just because of who they saw me as as a rapper, not as like an image. Because a lot of rappers and people in the music industry in general are an image for the face of a machine that kind of pushes them and does like all the the work, builds all the clout for them. But me as an independent rapper, all I have is my craft, you know, and they respected the craft enough to give me that level of recognition. So I really appreciated that. All right. Anybody else in this uh, stream? Hmm. Uh, actually, I do have a question. Um, so, um, what are you looking for for the future with your um, with your rap career? Um, so, right now, I'm actually 
undertaking uh, a pretty ambitious endeavor and um, it's ambitious on multiple levels. Um, I've set a goal to record to record and release 100 songs in one year. And I, um, I've been ha I've had this idea for a while and like I, I work a regular job and like anyone who's tried to be an independent artist or really tried to make make anything real of uh, like a, a craft that you do or a hobby quote unquote, it's hard to do it with a full-time job. So I start I recently started a GoFundMe um, for anyone who wants to contribute to my my goal of being able to to achieve this feat so um that's the main <clears throat> that's the main thing i'm kind of focusing on now in terms of music um and uh i also started a patreon like in conjunction with it cuz i figure that if i'm going to if i start something i want to make sure i can finish it and like i really just thought about it and like tried to play it out in my head and i was like there's no way i'm really going to be able to do it if i'm working full time so yeah that's kind of what i'm pushing for right now and just trying to get the word out to as many people as possible and hoping that i can um reach the number that i set to achieve this goal and hopefully by the end of it i'll kind of got the news around to enough people that after the year is over i'll have you know expanded my fan base to the point that i won't have to go back to a normal job so that's what that's what i'm aiming at in terms of music right now ah. mm -hmm. All right. Actually, I do got a question on that regarding. Okay. This. So, you had an album, Black Market, and that won you the hip hop slash rap album of the year at the International Music and Entertainment Association Awards back in 2014. And after that, two years later, that you also won the rap slash hip hop artist of the year in 2016. What was those two awards, and what were your thoughts of winning them? Oh uh, yeah, that was something that was um it was kind of surreal in a sense um though that i i felt that you know as humbly as i could say i i do feel i i did feel that i deserved them that i i worked for them i earned earned them um i felt that black market was worthy of that recognition um and to receive that award was it was like affirming that I wasn't just being, you know, self-biased, but that it was actually of that quality. So it was something that I really treasured because me being a rapper and like really trying to stay true to the craft and the art form that I love, you know, not doing it for popularity or to get like hit singles, um, doing it because of the purity and the beauty of the craft so to get that recognition and that accolade on that platform it, it was it was humbling and it was affirming at the same time and it's something that i i always value to this day 
Yeah, absolutely. Mm. All right. Yep. Uh, just uh, giving you some acknowledgement that that uh, Jordan's mom saying that that she watched some of you videos of you that on American Ninja American Ninja Warrior, and they were amazing. Oh, that's awesome. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, Go ahead. Uh, I got, I think I got one more question because this, you know, just, uh, just got, you know, like slipped into my mind. Um, do you have your own studio or do you go to a commercial studio? That that's a great question. So in the past for a couple albums, I, I went into a commercial studio, like for black market, I went into a commercial studio, um, for, unrivaled i recorded in a commercial studio and then i mixed it and mastered myself to the final mix and master myself and then for strictly for my ninjas which was a ninja album i made i also did in a, a a professional studio um before that i recorded everything myself and most of the stuff like black market i produced entirely myself except for two tracks um and like i've I taught myself how to produce and I eventually taught myself how to mix and master as well. So for the last year and a half, I've been living in a van. Um, and if you, uh, I don't know if, I don't know if my like whole story feature is on YouTube or whatever, but Ninja Warrior did a whole story on the background of the van, but um, I actually set up the van to function as a recording studio. So, I currently do all of my recording in my van. I'm hoping that I'll, um, for this uh, 100 songs in one year thing, I'm hoping that I'll have some funds to go in a professional studio, though, because mixing and mastering is not something I like to do. It's definitely something I did out of necessity um, because I didn't have the resources to just get that done. So I'd much, I, I so much prefer a professional engineer to just do all that technical stuff. And I can focus, I can just focus on the execution of the artistry, you know, but for now, um, I'm able to manage on my own. Mm -hmm. All right. So there's a, First couple questions from Jordan's mom, Lisa. We'll get to the first one. How much of a difference is there in having a real audience and the on-camera audience? And then she, after that, put, I think the real audience would make someone more nervous. That That's a good question. Um, so for me, kind of like I was saying earlier, um, I do like a lot of mental training, a lot of techniques and... Um, when I when I compete, I literally don't ever even notice the crowd at all. Um, I don't really even like hear anything happening around me. Um, but like just being there, because like w when we compete and film the show, we're there for like days, you know. And you definitely like we we're like out there just like waiting around, and we walk through the course as they like give us the rules and everything and you could definitely sense like the energy like because when you walk up when you come up to the course 
there's there are lines and lines of people waiting to get into the um the edifice where it's set up or get into the course and literally like for 10 hours there's a line of people because they like circulate groups in and out like every few hours um there are some people there are a lot of people that choose to stay all night so there's definitely a much more energetic vibe and like aura when the crowd is there um but for me personally it it doesn't make a difference at all but most people have been saying like most competitors will say that um they aren't as nervous because there's not a crowd so it does it does affect some people um especially like the brand new people who like it's their very first time and they've been anticipating it and stuff so not having a crowd i've been told was a relief for some people you know but at the same time those same people were still nervous because they they know like millions of people will watch so i i think if you're kind of a nervous person you're gonna find a reason to be nervous like you're gonna be nervous one way or another but the main difference for me is just the energy the energy of the just the whole like the whole weekend or it's not necessarily all in a weekend but it's a in a matter of days the energy of the whole event isn't the same for sure without the crowd all right and the other question was uh same person what is your GoFundMe listed as? So the name of the GoFundMe is um, 100 in one. Um, but if um, I, I believe, matter of fact, let me just look it up myself to make sure that I give the right um, info. I believe you look up Black Jewels, you should be able to find it. But let me just pull it up exactly so i give out the right information because i i I believe my page is a pretty simple link um give me one second here all right Page now, trying to get the exact link. Um, yeah, so the, the title of it is 101. So if you search that, I'm going to try to search it myself on GoFundMe. And yeah, it's the first one that comes up. So just the number 100 and then in. I N and then the number one. If you search that on GoFundMe, you should see it'll say by Julius Ferguson and it'll have my picture. Um so yeah, if, if you could go on that and you know, even if anyone can't donate, if you could like just share it. Um especially if you know people who are particularly generous or like particularly like really into music, then that would be uh, extremely, extremely appreciated. And I give like all the details of like what I plan to do and everything on that page. 
So again, it's 100, the number 100 in the number one, 101 on GoFundMe. All right, and I will will go ahead and put that in the chat for everyone to know about that. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Anytime. And and for me, I have one more question. So before we uh, do that, where they can find you on uh, social media for the folks yeah. who don't know who that is. Yeah, so on pretty much every social media platform, you can find me at The Black Jewels. It's spelled just like it sounds, except Jules ends with a Z. So it's the black, B-L-A-C-K, Jules, J-E-W-E-L-Z. All right. Um, I got another question. Um, yep. Like, where do you draw inspiration when writing a song? Oh, that's, that's a really good question. It, it comes from a lot of places. Um, I definitely try to be like um, really creative and like think through. I, I have like so many ideas, um, but um, it, it comes from a variety of places. Really, I listen to so many different styles of music. Um, so, like for instance, like Unrivaled. Like no, no one would guess this, but <clears throat> a big inspiration for unrivaled was nirvana um particularly nevermind um because of the the song structures on nevermind like they were able to deliver a very underground style of music in a digestible way for the general public and i tried to do something kind of similar with unrivaled um have song structures and stuff that were easy enough for people to like catch on to, but we're still true uh, to the pure art form. Um, the With the exception of the last song on Unrivaled, the last song on Unrivaled, it was like probably one of my most purely creative songs where I kind of like just let myself have complete freedom with how I designed it. Um, it's called Masterpiece, but um, yeah the inspiration it really really varies depending on kind of like where where my headspace is at like what i'm listening to at the time what i'm trying to what i'm trying to accomplish with the song or the project it could be like rock it could be uh like a painting it could be something that somebody um something i overheard in the conversation um i I once made a song off of a lady I heard talking about an opera song um, called, I believe the song was called I'm a Stranger Here Myself. And that, that night I looked up this song and I made a track. I, I, I never heard it before, but just because she mentioned it, I wanted to turn it into a sample and I made it a song um, that was actually called Stranger. So yeah really anywhere i like to challenge myself actually with what i can i can draw inspiration from all oh. right I, that was thank you yep no problem
Brian, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. Okay. All right. Uh, any last questions from either Michael or Uriel? I have no oh, further no, no. questions. All right. Just uh, wish I wish you the best of luck for your future and for your career. You got a lot of potential on you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. All right. And that being said, yeah. And like I said, big, big special thanks to Forever Publicity for uh, hooking us with, of course, Julius Ferguson for making this happen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And of course, if you're more than welcome to come back on the show and a special and big thank you, Julius, on being on the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And we'll see you very soon. All right, then. You all have a good night. Yeah, you too. See ya. And, and that is none other than Julius Ferguson. So, of course, we already mentioned this uh, earlier. The GoFundMe page link is already in the chat for, for donations. Um, yes, Julius. Well, I think I think Ibarra has an has one more topic left, and I think Michael only has two more left. So, what do we do? Do we want to like let them do their topics before we end the show? Although I could I could save my topics for next week. Well, I mean, I don't mind. Yeah, yeah, that would be no problem. All righty then, Ibarra. Oh, um, yeah. well, I mean, my, oh, I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? It's all you. Oh, 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 okay. So, um, might as well just, um, go over, um, this, uh, real quickly. So, um, it says, so, uh, I've been hearing that, um, Pete Davidson may not be coming back for SNL and honestly, good riddance because recently SNL has been, uh, down, down to pooper and honestly, there's a reason because they now it's them mostly just referencing to memes or them just talking about politics and what uh, and I used to looking forward for for uh, Saturday Night Live like when I was a kid like it's okay I'll admit the one the one that I grew up may not be the may not be as good as the one that I've seen like in the eighties or in the nineties but at least there were some something that at least there was something that makes it a like somewhat watchable, but now it's just embarrassing. Now it's just embarrassing, and most of it has to do with like is the the writing, and especially from from the cast members. And and I I, I have a like I have a little nickname with um with uh, Pete Davidson. I I like to call him the man of a thousand ex girlfriends because every time I like literally every time he tries to date someone, it they just have a breakup and. From now what I'm hearing is he basically just now hangs up with his mother and hmm that is I mean I'm not saying I'm not saying that um living with your mother is a bad thing it's just that but really think about when when a celebrity that I'm not even I'm not even sure if he's a millionaire I think he is but a millionaire that's still living with his mother hmm. I do question. I do question that. 
But I mean, way to I mean, wish him luck for the for his future. Which I don't even know if he's still gonna be in that. He's still gonna do like um comedy or stuff. But um, but for Saturday Night Live, I like the Amber Heard thing. I see no future in there because honestly, I feel like as Saturday Night Live kind of died since uh, twenty thirteen. And honestly, I've and that is basically it. Just want to get that over with. So um, yeah, I think it's it's been that way ever since uh, the unfortunate death of Don Pardo. I think, right? Yeah, man. Oh, many of them. I mean, Phil Hartman, Chris Farley, especially. So many, so many good, so many good comedians that sadly have been passed. But now we've got these uh, new. New comedians, which honestly they're hit and miss. Some some I do see potential. Some are just some they just like get under my skin. So, uh, I say they should pull the plug on Saturday Night Live, but I don't think they will because of well, like The Simpsons, it is a staple to TV. But, but. You have to look at a different perspective that, you know, it's only a matter of time before the bit gets too old. Yeah, which, like, pretty much, I mean, pretty much like uh, Saturday Night Live. Like, they re they overuse jokes, and yeah. unfortunately, some, some of the jokes, they just don't work. Like, especially the whole political thing. Oh, brother. I mean, I don't know how many times I had to go through a freaking Kate McKinnon dressing up as Hillary Clinton. It wasn't funny. But the fact that they were that they were overusing it makes it even more insufferable. Yeah. So I mean, if you really want a uh, comedy show on Saturday Night Live uh, or on Saturday Night, just watch my show instead. A little <laughs> shameless plug there. At least we try, unlike unlike SNL. Well, you got a good point. And uh, that is pretty. That pretty much just wraps it up. Wraps it up. So, indeed, it is. Yes. All right. Do you want me to do the usual outro? You know what? Yes. Go ahead, Jordan. All right. That's going to be it for the uh, 89th edition of the Rent Rate Podcast. If you like this, give it a thumbs up. If you missed your chance in the live chat, please uh, comment down below and uh, timestamp your uh, favorite moments of this episode. Also, uh, be sure to subscribe to Brand Martin and hit the notification bell whenever he does a video or a live stream like this one at all times. With, and also, same goes to Ibarra Bro Studios, Michael Bombardier, and yours truly, J-Man's Legit. Also, um, yeah, with that all being said, God bless you all. Have a great night and stay healthy for an even better day tomorrow. So, yeah! And, of course, Thank next you. week before we uh, sign off, actually – C.W. Anderson will be joining us. Looking forward to oh, wow. that interview. Oh, wow. Another ECW original. And yes, with that being said, folks, keep mm. on ranting and raving, and y'all have a good night, everybody. Until our next, until our next week for another episode of the Muppet Show, I need the Ran Ray podcast. <laughs> <laughs>